Welcome to your Full Circle Friday. My name is Sarah, a certified trauma recovery coach with Full Circle Wellspring. Trauma causes a disruption in our neural pathways and can halt survivors from staying connected to themselves, others, and the world around them. They can abandon or exile parts of themselves behind a wall of shame and fear. These episodes are dedicated toward understanding trauma and learning about outside resources, adjunctive services, recommendations, techniques, coping skills, and more to support and encourage the survivor on their journey back to their authentic selves. Let's get started. Today's topic is senses. So most of us know about the five senses, touch, taste, sight, scent, sound, right? This is the feeling, the tasting, seeing, smelling, hearing. And I do want to talk about those, but this is also about the elusive sixth sense, as well as the other senses, seven through umpteen, 940. <laughs> I happen to believe in many other senses, just like I believe in lots of non-textbook 4F trauma responses from weeks ago that I explained. So for starters, the sixth sense, right? It's a good place to start. So the sixth sense is said to be an intuitive faculty giving awareness not applicable in terms of normal perception. Intuition, yes. Intuition is a way to sense the world around you. These are gut feelings. They can be just as real and predominant as tasting or touching. Yet the sixth sense has this allure of like clairvoyance as though it has something to do with that movie about seeing dead people. I think that's one way to look at it, like a different type of sight for some who might be able to see spirits or people from the beyond. However, it's not just that. Everyone has some sense of gut instinct. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago back in Red Flags. Another form of sight would be seeing people's energy, like reading their auras in texture, contrast, and color. Some people have a sense where they can feel vibrations from other living beings just as easy as most of us can smell a flower. There's room here to even talk about empaths who don't just sense someone's emotions, but they take the emotions on themselves. Empaths also get a real paranormal kind of tag on them as well, as though they're doing something extraterrestrial, but instead they're just doing something extraordinary. I believe we all have the capacity to see with our intuition in some way or another. There's just people that have it more tapped into source of knowing where they're sensing things in a stronger, more vibrant way. While ordinary people would walk into a room and feel a sense of energy if everyone seems happy and chatty, right, you can sense that. And then there are some who walk into a room and they see colors flying around a person's energy bubble and they can just see more detail about the room's overall feel. That's a sense. For trauma survivors, most of us have this learned alertness to read other humans' temperatures, so to speak, by gauging moods recognizing microfacial expressions, and noticing changes in vocal tone. While this may seem like a gift, it can actually be an exhausting trauma response called hypervigilance. For some, studying body language and learning how humans interact is fun and fascinating, and for trauma survivors, this may be something we don't even recognize we do. Yet all the while, the stress of hypervigilance can be taking a toll on our body as we wonder why we're so drained. 
Still yet, it, it is another sense that we've developed. And although it came from a place of fear and angst, it is a sense nonetheless. Some people have a very strong connection to their inner body. This is something that I would consider a type of sensing as well. Trauma survivors, as we know, can be quite disconnected from their body and lack those sensational feelings, which make it hard to read their own hunger meters or fatigue gauge. Yes, even the ones who are very strong at reading a whole room might not be able to read their own leg sensations. Another way we sense the outside world is via emotions. Emotions themselves are their reaction to the raw data of the world around you. Emotions are produced unconsciously and act like sensory receptors to the outside world. It's a way of expressing a sensory moment long before your cognitive brain can put it into words. This is an invisible connection between the stimuli and your emotional response. We know that often trauma survivors can also be very disconnected from their emotions. For some, it was a way to shut down the brain's hormonal response to the trauma and abuse around them. So while it may seem like it's not a big deal just because, quote, everybody has emotions, the ability to sense your emotions, allow them and feel safe with them is actually a superpower. A lot of work that survivors do is energy spent on trying to reconnect to their emotional sensory parts. With all this said, this is just a handful of examples of senses beyond the dominant five. I'd like to offer you a resource that can go with you wherever you are and whenever you need. You may have heard of this before, but I'm going to lay it out for those who haven't. And then I'm going to add on to it if you want to level up in your healing journey. So there's a coping technique. We call it 54321. This is used for grounding when you're feeling dissociated, overwhelmed, flooded, triggered, or if you're in the middle of an anxiety or panic attack. What I love about the rules for this, this technique always starts with a deep cleansing breath. And I adore this because before you even get to those five dominant senses that we learned in elementary school, you actually first connect to your breath, which I also wish they would teach in elementary school. <laughs> Inhale and exhale should be the first two senses in my opinion. They are the receptors to the outside world on the in-breath and then the inside world on the out-breath. Just my conjecture, just bear with me. Anyways, so after you take a deep breath, you activate your senses by finding and being aware of five things you can see, four things you can touch, three things you can hear, two things you can smell, and one thing you can taste. What this does is ground you to the world immediately around you, using your senses to establish safety in yourself and yourself to the space that you are in. I often use this and half the time I flip numbers four and three because I always can't remember, but it doesn't matter. It still works. It's about activating your senses to create an awareness to your reality, to bring you back from that floating away, to calm your nervous system and detach from whatever it was that triggered you. So a challenge to yourself would be to first breathe, then do the five, four, three, two, one, and then you can try some add-ons for a sensory technique. If you're beginning to feel safe and grounded after doing the first two steps, you can use this recentered chance to quickly use your internal senses to realign to your mind-body-spirit connection. I call this an add-on because it really does deepen your sensory input and it can also allow for future triggers or panic attacks to actually be less severe. So you could try something like tapping into your intuition and just sit for like just another five, 10 seconds and hear what your gut has to tell you. Asking yourself, what is my gut instinct right now? 
while this may be from a grounded place now, away from the triggered event after you finish the 54321, your gut may actually want to tell you why you got activated. Your gut may also want to tell you what next steps it thinks you need to take, like making a phone call or taking a walk or laying down for a minute. Another add-on would be you could take a moment to check in with your sense of hypervigilance, acknowledging that it's there if it is. Thank you for trying to keep you safe and explain to it that the trigger that you just went through, you actually were totally safe. So if your hypervigilance overreacted to the stimuli, you can let it know that. See if your hypervigilance can take a step back and ground itself into a less actively participating part. Some of that language there that you just heard me using, that's very IFS-like. So feel free to check out that episode if you don't know what I was just talking about, hypervigilance being a protector in that moment. Another add-on that you could try after the 54321 technique is to tap into the sense of your body or your emotions, taking just 30 more seconds to ask your body what it needs or naming the emotion that was happening in that chaotic moment just moments earlier. What emotion needs you to recognize it so that it can find healing and not be so activated next time? What wound needs some attention so that it can be calmer in the future? Or what had you not heard in your body previously that was feeling ignored, like hunger, muscle tension, thirst, etc.? Going beyond your five senses will expand your internal and external world. I hope learning these techniques was helpful. They're free to use, always accessible, and no special equipment is needed. This is now a resource for you to use whenever you need it. If you have questions or comments about this episode, feel free to reach out to me directly. And if you think you're ready to learn some more coping skills in your healing journey, schedule a free consult today to see if coaching is right for you. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for joining me for today's episode of Trauma Survivorhood. This has been written and created by your host, Sarah, a trauma recovery coach. For more info about me, trauma recovery resources, or to check out our support groups, classes, free survivor circles, private coaching, and more, visit www.fullcirclewellspring.com. Schedule a complimentary 20-minute discovery call to see if coaching is right for you. For the latest info on schedules and updates, follow us on Facebook at Full Circle Wellspring. All other media, social links, blogs, and show notes are posted in the episode guide below. Until next time, be well, survivors.